Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 314. Find your inspiration, hold on to it, and and go with it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, Dan Kornstrom. Dan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am buckled in, harnessed in, and ready to go. All right. Love it when my guests show up ready to go. Dan Kornstrom is the author of Joyride Flat Out, his new book about hot rods and dream machines. He's a veteran 3D and visual development designer based in Los Angeles, California, who spent more than 15 years as a creative director, art director, and designer at the award-winning Rhythm & Hughes Studio. Over the course of his career, he's worked on several animated films, designed the iconic Coca-Cola Polar Bears during the 90s, and seen his design featured in Rolling Stone. Whether it's a rock and roll poster, character design, fantasy environment, or 3D animation, Dan loves to bring his ideas to life, and he loves hot rods and cars. So Dan, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, thank you, Mark. I, I, um, I was very fortunate to spend a career in animation, well, basically designed for film, which included animation, visual effects, what's called visual development. I was at Rhythm and Hughes, which is a, a visual effects company, for about 16 years as a designer and kind of did everything there was to do, storyboards and all of that. Uh, before that, I worked in Saturday morning animation, and I worked as an illustrator in the early part of my career for Rolling Stone magazine, for Motown. And so I basically got to come to Southern California and Hollywood and work in the music industry, in the film industry, and in the visual effects industry. And I count myself as very lucky uh, to have had a career doing that. But the thing that got it all started was when I was a kid, I just loved hot rods and hot rods. And uh, the book Joyride Flat Out is really kind of my uh, revisiting that territory and understanding how it is that hot rods essentially gave me my career. Awesome. Well, in our pre-show chat, we and I could tell we could have talked for hours Uh, Before we got this show started, you shared a lot that you're going to share as we move through the questions here about your childhood and 
your dad and growing up around heavy machinery and and getting to come down to Southern California. So you are a guy that uh, decided to live his dream. I think that's pretty cool. And I was telling my wife this morning, hey, I'm going to be talking to the guy who came up with that Coca-Cola polar bear campaign. Pretty darn cool, because I think that was really neat as well. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote, some kind of mantra that's been important in their life. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Dan, take the wheel. Well, the one I chose is, is one of the chapter headings in the book, and I call it Applying Professional Standards to Adolescent Ideas. <laughs> and I love and that. that. When, when I was kind of going back and researching the book and revisiting some of this territory, basically what happened is I, I did a show about 10 years ago. Uh, I was asked if I wanted to do a gallery show, and I had been working at Rhythm and Hughes. I hadn't drawn cars for 20 years. I had an initial burst of energy when I was a kid, but when, when rock and roll happened in a big way in Northern California, I wanted to, all I wanted to do was posters for bands, and I left hot rods in the dust. And so 15, 20 years went by, and now I'm a professional, and I'm an art director at, at Rhythm and Hughes, and I find myself drawing hot rods on post-its. <laughs> I'm on the phone, I'm drawing, and... and and I literally just almost like they came out of my subconscious and said, hey, where you been? Yeah. And I started drawing them again. And I realized, and then somewhere in there, I got an invitation to do a show. And by that time, I had uh, notebooks just full of post-its of these cars. And I realized that they were sort of my farm team. So I would go in and I would pick the ones that I want. I blew them up. And I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you, but right over my screen, I'm looking at the first one I did. Cool. It's in the book. It's called Bad Boy. Oh, yeah. And, and I realized in that, this moment, like, I'm a pro. <laughs> I'm a pro now. I can actually go back to when I was 12 years old and do them right. So it cool. was really frustrating when I was a kid to getting the, the perspective right and the wheels and all of that. And so that's why I said applying professional standards to adolescent ideas and you know, my new mantra is uh, 64 is the new 12. <laughs> you know, when I got your book and, and started looking through it, it took me back to my youth. I grew up in Southern California around that hot hot rod car culture going up to the drags and, and the Orange County Raceway and out to Riverside Raceway and so forth. And it really did take me back. I just kind of sunk into my chair and went, oh, man, I remember drawing stuff like, oh, yeah. And, you know, the only thing missing were the uh, hot curl waves that I used to draw on top of the dragsters because I grew up in a surfing world, surf environment. So I think that's what our listeners are going to find so enjoyable about your book is it does bring back that adolescent feature in our lives, if you will, especially us car folks. That's so important. Well, you got to live the dream. Yes. You were here. You were here. You got to see it. You could, you could drive by uh, Orange County Raceway or, or by the Lions Drag Strip. or It was all here. And I was up in Northern California in a very small town that was a, it was a lumber town, 13 lumber mills for around 3,000 people. And I just I grew up around all this heavy machinery. My dad, my grandfather was a carpenter. My dad was a millwright. And uh, who had been a fabricator at Boeing during the war. Uh, up here in and the s- Northwest, yeah. 
And so I grew up with the lore of airplanes. My dad could, he could sit down with a yellow pad and he could draw a Messerschmitt, a Thunderbolt, a BC, he worked on B-17s. So I knew all of this stuff. And it just became part of the vernacular of growing up. Whenever I would ask him a question, when I was frustrated with drawing, he would sit down with a yellow pad and he would draw his answer. So the mechanics of drawing, I got by watching him. Probably the most patient teacher I have ever had. Yeah. You know what's cool about this? I'm thinking back to my childhood. My father was an architect and he would always had that yellow lined pad next to him and would always sit down and start sketching and and describe what he was saying with a pencil. So it was really fantastic. You know, you touched on this a little bit, but I'd love for you to share with our audience what instigated that creation of Joyride Flat Out. Take us to that point of time when you decided, you know what, I have a story I want to tell and I'm going to create a book out of it. Well, actually, I wish wish it had been my idea, (laughs) but it was... uh... Um, Scott Robertson, who is the, um, the, the, well, Design Studio Press is his creation. And he has done a series of books for young designers, people that want to get into visual effects, that want to draw vehicles, they want to work on three, with 3D modeling programs, they want to design monsters, all of this stuff. And I've known Scott for a number of years. And he goes, well, when are you going to do a book? And I, I go, well, he goes, you want, and I said, okay. And so, so it only took me five years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, books are not easy things. People, there's so many people that want to write a book. I've had so many authors on this show. Everything from full blast giant novels like Burt Levy, The Last Open Road. He just he just wrote his last words last week for his next series of his books to a guy named Dwight Knowlton who wrote a kid's book that, you know, is, is not very big, has very few words, a lot of beautiful illustrations, but they are tough, tough things to put out there. And it leads me to my next question about challenges. I'd love for you to share, uh, or actually take us down some roads you've driven on riding Joyride flat out, putting this book together, and share some of the challenges you faced during this project. But more importantly, how did you overcome those challenges and what do they teach you? Well, I have to say this has been one of the most fun things I've ever done. It's also one of the most challenging. But, you know, I had all this artwork. And then as I was digging through my closets and my boxes in the garage, I had all these drawings that I had done as a child. I had photographs that I had taken when I was 12 and 13 years old at the Oakland Roadster Show. I still have a model that's in the book that I've kept for 50 years. Wow. And I say it in the book. There's not a lot of things in my professional career that have given me the satisfaction of building that car when I was 13. Wow. And so what I realized is I have all this stuff. Who's this book for? Mm. Is it for me? Is it for older guys that grew up, you know, that are in my demographic that we all we all know who Big Daddy Roth is. We re- we read, you know, we, we all do flames on our binders. Yep. And and all that kind of stuff. But I also teach at Art Center, College oh. of Design. Yeah. I teach at Otis Art Institute, which is here at the end of my street. And I'm going to teach at the Laguna Academy, All right. uh, a school in architecture for games. And so here I am, this old guy <laughs> who is talking to 20-year-olds who don't know anything about this culture. And it's a real culture. And it came out of 
all of those guys that came back from World War II with these, these amazing skill sets. They came back, they, they, they worked at Boeing, they worked at Westinghouse, they worked at General Motors, they made things. And this, the industrial juggernaut that they participated in, we were kind of the beneficiaries of that because we just grew up around these really skilled people who made things. Right. And drag racing and custom car building, that's blue-collar fashion, man. That's, sure. And so that was what, it just seemed so natural. So those stories, my story, which is like some little kid in a small town who likes to draw cars, gets to grow up and have a career in visual effects, but only because all those cultural elements were in place that allowed people like us to be inspired by machinery. So this challenge of trying to determine who is this book for, in your mind, who's the book for? It's for my demographic. It's for people that grew up there. Uh, quite frankly, I think it's for any parent that sees their child at the kitchen table with a pencil drawing a, a, yeah, a stick figure. Because I believe, to be honest with you, this, the career that I've been able to have to be surrounded by the people that I have gotten to work with over the course of my career has been this something that I never could have imagined would have happened. I get to work with people that are so talented in their drawing ability, their their math skills, their their ability their abilities to build camera systems and do visual effects and yeah. and and to to create the world of illusion, you know. Sure. This the uh, um, in animated films and visual effects films. Uh, if you haven't seen Mad Max Fury Road, oh, go gosh. see that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, somebody had to design all that. Yeah. That, Watching that, something like that, I sit there and go, how do they do that? How do they shoot that shot? I mean, it's just incredible stuff. So I'll never forget taking my son when he was very young to the first Jurassic Park. And he, he, was, he must have been, I don't know, six, seven years old. And he was sitting there just staring at the screen. At the end of the movie, he looks at me and he said, where did they find those dinosaurs? Oh, see, that's the best. That's <laughs> you know, because in his mind, they're real. You know, they're real. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story when you had your aha moment about this book, this project. It's that time, I like to say, when the headlights came on and illuminated your way to create this book, Joyride Flat Out. And how did that aha moment help make this book a reality? You know, it's funny because you, I, I said earlier that applying professional standards to adolescent ideas, that was kind of, that's sort of the underlying core of the book. The aha moment was, to be honest with you, it sort of came about two thirds of the way through, of sort of putting this thing together and breaking it down into to chapters because there's several stories. One is kind of just the story of hot rodding as I experienced it. And, it, you know, it starts with what I saw in the early 60s, continuing right up until today. But it's also this story about finding inspiration and holding on to it. <laughs> cool. It, you know, this is a, a, this to me, and it was, and I, and, and that, I would say that's the aha moment. Like, what is this? It's just like all these seemingly inconsequential things that we do as children, all these little drawings that mom puts on the refrigerator with magnets and all that, that's meaningful stuff. 
that for, you know, uh, if every kid in America could do that and be praised for it, that's your, you know, that, that builds self-esteem, that creates character, and that allows you to go forward thinking unconventionally. You know, I'm sitting here with a big smile on my face because remember my son when he was young loved to draw and he'd draw these wild, fantastic things that were happening. And one of his teachers, we went in one time for a parent teacher and she said, I'm a little worried about Blake. Uh, this stuff he draws is like crazy. I, uh, is something going on at home or something? And I looked at Jill and I looked at the teacher and I said, no, he's just got a real vivid imagination. Everything's Absolutely. everything's fine. And he has this, we have, we still have this one picture he's drawn that looked like monsters and airplanes crashing and people floating in the water. And of course, the teacher thought there was something deeply wrong with his psyche, but he's ended up at RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. So uh, you're right. It was growing way back then, that inspiration, those drawings and things. Well, and part of that, and where I want to go off your comment there is that this is why for me and I talk about it a lot in the book why Big Daddy Roth was so important to my generation oh yeah and uh, I just uh, I three weeks ago I was up in Mantee Utah at the 15th annual Rat Fink reunion Eileen Roth who was very gracious to let me use some of my materials and pictures of Ed and stuff in the book but Ed See, this is this. Uh, you and I were talking earlier about Mad Magazine. Right. Mad Magazine, the precursor to The Daily Show and The Simpsons and everything else. And the drawings in there are magnificent. Yes. Wally Wood, Mort Drucker, oh, gosh. Jack Davis. Yeah. I mean, these guys are these guys are American icons of, of drawing. Yep. And um and so you have the technical guys in Rod and Custom, Steve Swaja and Tom Daniels and Harry Bradley, uh, all these guys that were model box painters and all this kind of stuff. And then in the middle, you have Big Daddy Roth. And he's got this guy named Ed Newton, <laughs> who is a monster-making genius. Yeah. Ed Newton is, and uh, he's, he's um, and, and Robert Williams, Robert Williams, okay, yes, who was yes. essentially the, the 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 creator of the counter the the counterculture in many ways. I mean, he didn't do it all by himself. But to say, and here's Roth building hot rods out of fiberglass that nobody can match. Yeah, in metal. Yeah, and so he's kind of you know, like I say it in the book, he's kind of he's he's venerated now. But back then, he was like. Well, what's that? That's not a hot rod. That's, that's yeah. That's that guy's a little hot. disturbed. <laughs> yeah, he's, but that goes right back to what you were saying about your son. Yeah, is that here's this guy? There's never been a car that looked like the Mysterian or the Road Agent or the Outlaw or the Beatnik Bandit, and he was he was just putting them out one after another, just like hit records. Yeah, yeah. And 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 they were so part of that moment. He sold 30, 30 million kits. Oh, I know. And, and I, I bought a bunch of them. Oh. <laughs> and those shirts, you know, I yep. mean, that was the, and, and that was the license to think unconventionally. Yes. Yeah. Those big slobbering, one eyeball, toothless, you know, guys with eight balls and, you know, shirts yeah. in their hands. That's, yeah. that says, don't. One of the, the chapters, I, I talk about the difference between Mickey Mouse and Rat Fink. 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> the big rivalry. <laughs> Mickey became a corporate sponsor. Yes. Rafink was he was going to he would not bend. The anti-sponsor. <laughs> so. The anti and, and and that's why kids love him. That's why he's that's why he's on my phone. <laughs> I see yeah, there we go. There we go. Hey, let's talk about proudest moments. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what makes this book so special for you. And why are you proud of the final publication? Well, because I got to consolidate all this, uh, all this material. And to be honest with you, you know, until you write the book, I actually understand myself a little bit better after writing the book. All right. What my motivations are, and 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 I realize the debt that I owe, especially to my dad. But all of these. You know, Gene Winfield, Big Daddy Roth, you know, Dean Jeffries, Robert Williams, all these people. Influencers. <laughs> I'm, I'm nothing but uh, but but a, a combination of all the things that I love. Yeah. And that and that includes a lot of comic book artists and stuff. And and, you know, you know, you blink and suddenly 40 years has gone by. It's a little scary sometimes, isn't it? Is this the first book you've written, or have there been others before? That's this? the first book, yeah. Uh, are, there, are there more coming in the future, you think, now that you've experienced this? To be honest with you, I'd like to do two more. I mean, the hot rod culture for me, you know, around 65, 66, Roth started getting into trikes, you know, three-wheeled motorcycles. And to be honest with you, that didn't do it for me. But right as hot rod culture was sort of waning in my interest, psychedelic culture sort of came to fruition. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was in Northern California in 1966, 1967, and that was happening right next door. And so all of the art that I dug, well, Mad Magazine, Ed Newton, hot rod art, Robert Williams, all of that kind of stuff was supplanted by the poster artists. Oh, yeah. Rick, Rick, Rick Griffin. There's your surfing guy. Yeah, Rick. Rick oh, yeah. Rick Griffin, Victor Moscoso, uh, Wes Wilson, Stanley Mouse, and Alton Kelly, the big five poster artists. And I had subscriptions to the Avalon and the Fillmore, and they just sent me these postcards. Two, two, I got two a week for three years. And that, and that, again, that was an invitation to think unconventionally. Sure. And it was validation that to think unconventionally was okay. Oh yeah. And so that, and that, and then that spurred me on. Then my goal became, I want to work for Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> the that, cover of the Rolling I Stone. Because I, I was just I was young enough and naive enough to think that you could I could do posters for bands and album covers and illustrations for Rolling Stone for the rest of my life, and nothing would change. <laughs> and I'd be perfectly happy. <laughs> yeah, and things do change, don't yes, they? Yes, they do. <laughs> Speaking of change, how about writer's remorse? Is there anything about this book that you wish you'd done a little differently? No. Wow, well, you're, you're a fortunate no, guy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wish I had a little bit more... Uh, a little bit more time to go in and, and uh, there's, there's several drawings in the book that I intend to do in black and white. The black and white drawings take me about a hundred hours. Oh goodness. Wow. Per drawing. And there's, there's about 15 of them in the book Yeah, and they're just these little Zen things that you do. And I want them to be perfect and whatever, but they take that time. 
So that would be the only thing. I, I wish I could go back and do. Uh, 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 I passed over something earlier. Yeah. The next two books that I wanted to do is one would be on my illustration and the stuff that I have done that has been inspired by music. Oh, cool. cool. So that's all my Rolling Stone work. That's my editorial work. It's the things that I did for myself that are, it's not hot rods. It's, it's that stuff. And then the third book would, I would hope to do is on production design. The stuff that I did for films, that I did for animation, that I did, you know, character design and layout and all these kinds of things. But they're very separate components to this world that I got to inhabit. And, um, right. Well, you answered my next question, and that was upcoming book projects, which is fantastic, and we can't wait for those. This black and white art you talked about is, for instance, the one of them that's on the cover of the book? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's absolutely cool. Uh, listeners, when you get your hands on this book, with which you have to, you'll see what we're talking about. There, I mean, you'll just it'll take you back. It's so cool. How about favorite authors? Uh, I always like to ask, people who are on Cars Yeah, who are authors. Is, is there an author or two? You've talked about an awful lot of artists who have inspired you. Are there some authors that have inspired you? You know, I tend to, I tend toward history as opposed to novels. I'm very, uh, I read every day. I, I mean, my favorite part of the day is just reading the paper front to back, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and my favorite magazine is the New Yorker. Mm-hmm. I, I I almost read the whole thing every week just to because it just it just introduces me to things that I know nothing about and by the time I'm done I have a pretty decent understanding of you know everything so there's usually some fiction and and uh, but I tend toward history I mean I I love reading about the Civil War and uh, there's just such vivid stories that come out of history. So Right. Well, and this book that you created is a book about history. It's more recent, of course, when you think about history going way, way back, but it is about history, cultural history of uh, the United States, the hot rod scene, specifically California, but it was happening all across the country. It wasn't just out here, so uh, it's fantastic. Dan, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsor. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Okay, Dan, we're back and we're entering what I like to call the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some real quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sure. All right. What's the best book writing advice you've ever received? 
Stephen King has a book called On Writing, and it's it's broken into three sections. The middle section, and the first section he talks about his inspirations, but the second section he talks about how he writes. And he tells a story about the movie Misery, mm. and where James Conn's the writer, and he gets in a car, he gets in a wreck, a woman saves him, yet he, and all this kind of stuff. And she's got a little bit of an ulterior motive. She has an ulterior motive, but the thing that I got from that, he said, when I put him in that car, I knew he was an author, and I knew he was going to go to a book, uh, book signing thing, but I didn't know where he was going. Uh, he goes, so I just got in the car and went with him. Oh, wow. And things happened. Okay. And I love that. And I tell my students that all the time. Don't don't think of the end of your story. Get in the car. And go for or a ride. Get on the horse and go where the horse is going to go and see what you see on the way. And I love that idea of participating in your story rather than having a preconceived notion of where it's going. Very interesting. And that's kind of the way the book went. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributed to your ability to complete this project? Uh, I'm a I'm a pretty hard worker. I mean, I'm a I'm I'm sort of I'm, I'm stubborn in that way and I sort of get these ideas and I I want them to be done and and then I but then because of the kind of career that I've had um and I think most of the people that do what I do, you're never kind of done you if you're designing a character for a film you might do 80 versions of that character and it just becomes part of the way that you that you work so and 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 then i just try to stay inspired sure i would think too coming from commercial art world you you do have deadlines you've got to meet deadlines because clients have deadlines films have deadlines so that's another piece of it well this business is it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no. It's tough. And yeah. and there are deadlines and there's a lot of pressure to perform. And then on the other hand, there's the greatest people in the world. Yeah. Fantastic. How what kind of resources did you access uh while writing Joyride flat out? Well, the the internet, of course, has just become the greatest fountain of information ever. I had photos that I took, you know, fifty years ago and they had cars in them that I didn't recognize. I mean, I remember taking the photo, but there's, here's an XKE with a double bubble top. And I could, I could literally just keep refining my searches and being there it is and who built it and when they built it and what, uh, what the other cars they built. And so it allowed me to go in and add, um, um, you know, my captions and stuff to make sure everybody got, got recognized for their contributions and, you know, it reminds me of uh, Rotter's Journal magazine, a great magazine I'm sure you're aware of as well, that uh, will have a lot of historical stories, old photos of the cars back then and so forth. It's really fun to see that in those cars that have been brought back today, either restored or maintained, whatever. And your book is available right now, is that correct? That's correct. Okay, where can our listeners get uh, their hands on a copy? What's the best source? You can get it on Amazon. It's there right now. And, and hopefully, if you like it, you write a good review. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a design studio press. And they can get it through me, which is through DQ Studio, one word, DQ Studio, at ca.rr.com. 
I'll autograph it. And it's a little bit more expensive because they're shipping and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Amazon's going to have it for you. Absolutely. Well, a great way to get it from Dan would be to get him to autograph it. I think that'd be pretty darn cool. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. This last question, I usually ask my guests a little bit different question than what I'm going to ask you being an author, but if there's a singular message you'd like our readers to get from reading and enjoying Joyride flat out, what would that message be? It it would almost be, the mantra in the book is basically, find your inspiration, hold on to it, Mm. and, and go with it. For parents out there that see their kids that have these creative tendencies to encourage them. Yes. That was, I was lucky to have a mom and a dad, a mom who always had pencils and paper <laughs> ready. Yes. And a dad that could show me that stuff. And, and um, you know, I have all these young kids, these 20 year olds that are at art center and stuff. And it's a big challenging world for them. And I want them to have the same enthusiasm for their work. You have to be enthusiastic about this to do it. Yes. To problem solve and to persevere. Oh, absolutely. Dan, you've taken me on a really fun joyride here today talking about this great new book of yours, Joyride Flat Out. And I've really enjoyed spending some time with you. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Yow listeners. If there's one parting piece of guidance you could offer before you drive off into the sunset in your hot rod, what would that be? Find your inspiration. Yes. Know what you like to do and don't be easily deterred. There's something, we like things for certain reasons, you know, we, music and drawing. Sometimes we can't express it, but look for the people that can help you get to that, take that next step to be creative. Yes, absolutely. And again, what are the best ways for our listeners to get their hands on a copy of Joyride flat out? I'd say Amazon, Design Studio Press, or you can come directly to me. All right. And we'll make sure that we post all those links on Dan's uh, show notes page here on Cars yeah. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type Dan in the search bar, and his show notes page will pop up with all those links. I would encourage you to get your hands on this new book. It's absolutely fantastic. You'll sit down in a chair and it'll take you back in time like you wouldn't believe. I just kept going over it and over and over it. It was so much fun. Dan, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences and your creativity with the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!